Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit nanalyze.com for more details. Bearish on Big Bear AI stock is the title of today's presentation. And if you're somebody that's holding Big Bear AI stock or thinking about holding BBAI stock, then this is a presentation you're going to want to watch because it's likely that if you've read many of the pieces out there talking about the rise of Big Bear AI stock over the past several months, then you probably didn't see much about what it actually does or the company's origins. Now, let's talk quickly about SPACs. So, Here's a piece taken from Bloomberg, and it says the SPAC fad is ending in a pile of bankruptcies and fire sales. Indeed it is. So it's been 10 months since the Quantergy Systems SPAC. They were a LIDAR maker. We covered them, and then they went bankrupt uh, in less than a year. Fast Radius didn't make it a year. They were bankrupt after nine months. And, of course, you might have seen Virgin Orbit in the news also filing for bankruptcy. There's been at least eight blow-ups since we first warned about SPACs in July of 2020. The truth of the matter is that SPACs, the companies that underlie these transactions, were not the best and the brightest. In many cases, it was the only option that the company had to raise easy capital. The biggest problem is that there was no vetting process of the type that typically accompanies IPOs. So naturally, SPACs were overpriced in a ridiculous fashion. So we covered 98 disruptive SPACs since they started uh, debuting, what, since uh, summer of 2020. We invested in one. The average SPAC, so we have all of these listed in our tech stock catalog, which covers 460 stocks. You could simply filter on the SPAC column and then take a look at performance quite quickly. So the average SPAC has lost 62% of its value to date. Half have lost 75% or more. 23% have lost 90% or more. And of all those names, just four trade at 5% or more above the $10 debut price. So they all debuted at the same price. Makes it very easy to look at performance. So these SPACs were overpriced. And naturally, you would expect companies that break their promises to fall. Now, we had a exchange with someone on Twitter who challenged our usage of the word promises versus guidance. Well, when you're selling your company to investors and you're telling them about what you're going to do, there's an element there of promise about what you expect to be able to accomplish. Now, when you miss your guidance, whether you want to call it the company's promises or guidance by a country mile, you're a management team that demonstrates blatant incompetence, so you misled investors. That's why the IPO process exists, is to make sure that companies are being fairly priced and called out if they're um, promising investors something that they won't be able to accomplish. We've only ever observed, I think, several SPACs that have hit or beat their guidance thus far. Now, when you look at BigBear.ai, they're exceptionally incompetent. So this was taken from their SPAC deck, and here's the guidance or promises that they made investors that they would try to hit. And when you miss your guidance by this much, you start to wonder what's the point of even putting it up. So we're not talking about a long time ago. This deck was published in June of 2021. That's less than two years ago. And that means when they published this, they would have been halfway through the year. They should have been able to accomplish what they said they were going to. 
They didn't. So 2021 revenues came in at 145.6 million. That's a miss by 20%. Then you look here and they have the audacity to say this in a press release. 2022 revenues achieved guidance and grew 6% year over year to 155 million. No, you missed your SPAC deck estimates by 44%. So don't talk about how you achieved your guidance. We see SPACs do that as well. Then they provide guidance, a refreshed guidance for 2023 of 155 million to 170 million. That's growth of 0% to 10%. It's a miss of 56% to 60%. This company needs to be called out, particularly when you look at 2021 estimate revenues were at 151.06 million. Well, 83% of their estimates. So you see here they say 83% of our 2021 estimated revenues in backlog. Fine. That's implying that it's pretty much money in the bank. Well, 2021 actual revenues were 145.6. So what is backlog exactly if it's not contracted revenue that you're expecting to bring in? Why did that number slip? What exactly are we supposed to believe? So here's another slide from their SPAC deck. Each of these numbers raises questions. They talk about Fiscal year 2022 estimated revenue of $277 million, as if they even came close to that. And then they talk about how that's revenue growth of 63%. It was 5%. Contracted backlog. Again, we're calling that into question. When you talk about having a $4.5 billion near-term pipeline and you're not growing your business, what's going on? They talk about having 100,000 enterprise decision makers, but then when you look at their customer concentration, three customers account for nearly half of their revenues. 21 years in operation. That's a bit misleading because this company is actually a combination of acquired companies. So what did you take the oldest company that you acquired and that's how many years you've been in operation? The truth of the matter is that they rapidly acquired a number of companies to become the company that they are today. So when you look here at some other numbers from this business, so they um, let's say, promised or uh, gave the impression to investors that they were going to have a 30% gross profit margin for their cyber and engineering business by 2025 and 71% gross profit margin for analytics again by 2025. So where are we sitting today? Well, CNE is 18% versus their 30% 2025 target. Analytics, 36%, almost half of their 71% 2025 target. How do you move those numbers? This isn't a SaaS business. So what SaaS businesses do is they scale. So they have fixed costs for their platform and you simply add more customers and it doesn't cost you very much to add new customers. So as you add, you scale the business and your gross margin naturally increases. This isn't a SaaS business. So gross margins, can they be even reduced by scaling? And where's the growth anyway? So here's the look at the last four quarters you can see there. And of course, based on the guidance of the lower end of their guidance for this coming year of 0% growth, how are they ever going to, in two years time, achieve the gross measures that they promised investors on their SPAC deck? So another thing that <laughs> that's odd about this company is the way that they describe their business. And this starts to reek of companies like Veritone, where you read their investor deck and you just become more and more confused. Look at this slide, our mission. Your world is a battleground. Know your world, shape your world, data-driven decision dominance, blah, blah, blah. It's 
buzzword banana, bullshit bingo. Look at this slide here where they talk about a proven M&A track record. Okay, we'll get to that. And then they talk about this actionable pipeline where they've identified 25 plus potential targets. And they're similar to Redwire talking about how they're going to become this big AI presence because they're going to acquire all these companies. We also saw this with, uh, was it Desktop Metal? And they tried to acquire a whole bunch of businesses. So the SPAC has money. They go out and they make a bunch of acquisitions. And it's very tough to create synergies, especially when you're moving to acquire quite quickly. So the question we'd ask here is, what are you going to make those acquisitions with? With what money? So first of all, let's talk about this proven M&A track record. So you can see here the four big acquisitions that they made uh, since 2020. You have New Wave, PCI, Open Solutions, ProModel. These all make up the big bear.ai company that you see today. Well, they had a goodwill impairment charge last year of $54 million, which means that they overpaid for those companies and realized that very quickly. So we wouldn't say you have a proven M&A track record. You also have 20 million or 12 million dollars in cash remaining on the books. That's a problem. And when you look here at the transaction financing of the SPAC, they talk about 326 million dollars of cash to the balance sheet expected at closing. Well, where did that all go? We're not going to sit and go backwards and try to figure that out. We're looking at the end of last year and the fact that this firm has $12 million in cash remaining. They were supposed to evaporate their long-term debt. So in the SPAC deck, it said 100% of Big Bear AI's existing debt of $110 million will be paid down in the transaction. Well, they have $192 million today. So when you go and start digging into the financials, they get quite confusing because they're providing granularity on successor versus predecessor. Now, this is actually good stuff. Look at this table they provided here. So it shows you the basic financials for every single one of those businesses that they acquire, those four businesses there you can see above. That's pretty slick. And then they aggregate it on the far right. Now, if we had any interest in this business, which we don't, we dig into this a bit, and you can if you so choose to, but it was good to see that they provided this information. You don't typically see this. Now, the side effect of that is that the financials, the 10K, is rather convoluted and difficult to navigate through. So if you're taking a serious look at this company, probably want to wait until everything gets aggregated, say the next 10Q or the following 10Q or whatnot. Now, another thing to note here, three customers comprised 49% of the revenues for the 12 months ended last year, and that customer concentration risk is a problem. They have heavy uh, government dependencies, so that's another thing to consider. And of course, when you have clients like the U.S. government, you'll often have statements like this. The majority of existing contracts contain termination for convenience provisions. In other words, your clients can just leave whenever they want to. So there's nothing interesting at all about this business. If we want AI analytics with heavy U.S. government exposure, we're going to invest in Palantir. Now, why are you watching this video? Well, you're probably watching it because Big Bear AI soared since the beginning of this year at 272%. Why? Well, the reason why it soared, along with other companies that have AI in their name, is simply that. There was a lot of hype around generative AI. Investors who don't know any better went out there and looked for any company that had AI in its name, or in the case of C3, AI as the ticker, and started buying them and hyping them up on Twitter and Reddit. So you see here, 
that these four companies in particular that are often aggregated as quote-unquote AI stocks have soared since the beginning of this year. We recently, several days ago, did a piece on C3 and noted that their CEO denied that the fact they have a ticker that's AI contributed to the sudden rise of the company as if they realized uh, double their intrinsic value in the last three months. That was rather a Cheap shot from Tom Siebel to not at least admit that the uh, hype has helped uh, their uh, share price soar, though he's trained by, uh, he's a media trained spokesperson, trained by the investor relations team, so you expect nothing less. But you can see here how all these companies have soared because of AI hype. So don't get involved in it. We did a piece on swing trading, and I'll link to that in the description of this video. It talks about how you're better off becoming an investor and not a speculator because the only people that are going to the bank and reaping rewards from all this hype are the hedge funds. They always will. So the especially when you look at Big Bear Eye, the company didn't suddenly realize double or more of its intrinsic value since the beginning of this year. Uh, it's all AI hype. So your best you're best avoiding the stock if you're going to try to play it as a speculator. And if you're an investor, this company looks like one big bear thesis from where we're sitting. And it's one of the reasons why we didn't even cover this when the SPAC debuted. Again, if you're looking for AI analytics with heavy government exposure and you're cool with Mr. Carp, then Palantir is really a no-brainer here. And investors need to start holding management accountable for what they say and do. Rarely will you see analysts, analysts take management teams to task on some of these things, we wouldn't touch this company with a 10-foot pole. Now, I've put up another video here, actually the one on swing trading for you to watch. Before you click that video, please click the Nanalyze logo here on the right. Subscribe to our channel. Thanks for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.